0: But I like that bottle better than the and she said, You're listening to The Whiskey Philosopher with Jeff Cooper on the Ignotainment Media Network. Undistilled thoughts,
1: blended opinions, on the rocks. Please listen responsibly. If you take whiskey. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Episode 5 of The Whiskey Philosopher. I missed last week, and I want to apologize. We're trying to get these done every week, but due to a confluence of issues that sort of conspired to keep me from podcasting, we didn't get episode f- uh, episode five done last week. So we're back this week. You have my apologies for that. I want to again, like I do at the beginning of each show so far, thank the followers. Thanks for our ever-increasing downloads. It really is amazing to me that, that uh, you all actually find this interesting and keep coming back. It really is much appreciated. If you want to find us outside of the iTunes store or outside of Stitcher on Android, you can go to the website, which is thewhiskeyphilosopher.com. You can email me, and I appreciate it. We're going to get to some, for the first time, we've gotten enough emails that I can read some on, uh, on the podcast. And so we're going to get to a couple of your emails later in the podcast. But you can email me at jeff at thewhiskeyphilosopher.com. On Twitter, you can just search Whiskey philosopher. And on Facebook, you can go to our Facebook page, which is uh, also Whiskey Philosopher. As you all know, um, on this podcast, I have two goals. First, I want to talk about interesting things that might be interesting to you too. And I want to taste a good whiskey and report on it in the hopes that you're also enjoying a whiskey as you listen to this podcast. And in short, what I really hope is that what we do is, uh, is worth the hour that you give us today we got a, we got an interesting episode today we're gonna go a little bit uh, off course I know that and <laughs> in particular one email I got uh, and I'll read it later on I know that we went a little bit uh, off really off course like a, a serious hard left turn a couple uh, a couple weeks ago on episode four with my good buddy Tony Hubert talking about you know what would happen what's the biggest thing could happen to affect mass um, human psychology and we got to Alien invasion and all sorts of crazy shit. And I know that we got we got a little bit of feedback that we t- took too hard of a left turn. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I know Tony did too, and and maybe a few of you did, but others were were clearly uh, a little off put by it. But I appreciate you sticking through. Today uh, we've got an interesting interesting episode. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to taste today. First of all, the whiskey. Let's get to the important part. We're going to taste uh, Baker's Seven Year Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey made by Baker Beam at Beam Distillery, um, and uh, I'm generally, I'm not a, a, a Jim Beam guy in their core product. I'm, I, don't, I don't love Jim Beam. I'm more of a Jack Daniels guy. Love it. So we're going to taste Baker's seven-year uh, Kentucky bourbon whiskey and report back on that today, um, and I'm looking forward to that. And our topic today is, is a little bit of a different take on how to deal with the cards that life has dealt you in hopefully a really healthy way. Um, you know, all of us as as people have have evolved to, to deal with, with uh, loss and um, disappointments in life. And it's funny because I think cultures have also developed their own way of dealing with loss and with disappointment in life. And you've all heard me repeat my mantra of amor fati on past podcasts, which means love fate. To me, amor fati means that no matter what happens in your life – you just embrace it. You love it. You don't. You don't endure it grudgingly, and you don't just accept it. You actually love it. Well, my guest today uh, has a little bit of a different, you know, a little bit of a cultural take on that theory, which I'm looking forward to to, to talking through. My guest today, who was also the guest that I had on the lost episode, uh, episode one of the Whiskey Philosopher, which is no longer in circulation. We may put it back out there at some other point, but uh, it is the lost episode. My guest today is the same guest in that episode, which is the Ocho Man, or who is the Ocho Man, John Kabengian. Ocho Man, how are you, brother? You're telling me we lost episode one. We lost it. We lost it. It's been uh, it's been taken down and. Uh, it may come back at some point. Oh, it Jesus. may come back at some yeah. point. Well, I'm glad to be here. Well, it's good. It's well, good. You're going to lose this episode too today. Aren't well, it you? depends on how you do. I'm not going to lie to you. All right, all if we, right. If we can get through this without some major screw ups, then then we'll get you. You know, we'll, we'll keep you up there. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know who don't know the Ocho Man, the Ocho Man is a sports betting prognosticator um, on Ocho.com. Um, widely regarded as the best sports betting prognosticator in the business, he's a guy that uh, that does it a little bit differently than everybody. He does it for free on on a website that's a licensed betting website in Mexico. Obviously, his his information for sports betting is not legal in the United States, uh, but in for his Latin American followers, uh, they can take it to the bank. For those of, for those of you who live in Las Vegas or travel there regularly, you can take it to the bank as well. Um, but Today, we're not going to talk about sports prognostication. We may may get into a little bit as we go through, but today we're going to talk about ways that you deal with the rough patches in life. Before we do that, though, I would be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to plug your your latest venture, which is also a podcast, uh, called Behind the 8-Ball. It's one of the funniest things I've ever listened to. It's absolutely fantastic if you are a whiskey philosopher, follower... And you, you download um, the Whiskey Philosopher podcast, which is the only damn way you'd be listening to this thing. So, for all of you listening, go out and do the same exact thing with Behind the Eight Ball with the Ocho Man, Ocho. You want to give a little bit of a little I, bit of love?
0: Uh, you know what, uh, Jeff? It's been outrageously good and surprisingly pretty fantastic. I, I'll tell you, we got military in Qatar that listen to the show. I got guys in Arizona. That are emailing us. I got people in LA saying fantastic show. It's taken off. I mean, I mean honestly, uh, I don't know how to, how to say, it, but uh, we're really we're really kicking ass in it.
1: That's great. I, I really am happy to hear. It, I know it,
0: what it is. It's it's not. It's I give my sports pick, guys, but I don't I don't care about I don't care about the guy crossing the the goal line as much as I care about what cleats he wore and uh were they illegal cleats or shit like that because that that's what the people want to hear out there that's the fun thing about my show i i go behind the scenes and everyday life and even entertainment
1: that's why people are really digging the show oh absolutely i mean you've always got great people on with you it's really fun it's a very very fun uh show about sports sort of current events you guys do some with current event stuff mm. as well it's just a comedy show at the end of the day with during each each show some of the best sports picks you can you can do, whether you're you know you're betting a buddy for a lunch, or Knock whether you're really betting in Las Vegas, or you're betting in you know legal jurisdictions wherever wherever they may be. So it's really really good. If you, if you haven't listened, please give it a shot. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy.
0: One last thing on that: every pick that I've given on our uh, Ocho Man behind the eight ball, you've made money on. Well, I I haven't went bad yet on any of these plays. So you know I I know we've been up above 500 on every one of our calls so far good to know yeah it's good to know
1: and it's free it's not a 900 number you don't have to pay anything we just
0: love you guys on our show that's it
1: there it is so with all the with all the professional success you've had ocho and you, you know your podcast is going gangbusters i know it was on the the uh the new and noteworthy section on the itunes store and all sorts of things really really doing well um the past few years have been a little bit rough for you uh from a personal standpoint and where this podcast originated is, Johno the Ocho Man came to me and said, "Hey, I like your podcast. I really appreciate it. Some of the things you talk about are some of the things that I've done. But I got a little bit of different take on sort of how you deal with these things." So the and j- just for information, Johno is is an Armenian, uh, grew up here in the states. Uh, was born in Beirut, Lebanon. Grew up, I guess, until you were seven or eight in Beirut. Then came to the, came to the U.S. Has been here. Lifelong friend of of mine, um, grew up in the Armenian community here in Granite City, Illinois. And um, well, can you back it up? Yeah. In, in New York actually is where I, I made my first stay. That's true. You were yeah. you were in New York, then you came to Granite yeah. City. Um, and in the past few years, father passed away, your mother passed away, and then very very recently, your wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. So it has not been an easy few years from from a from a life standpoint. And so what I want to talk about, you know, I mentioned earlier amor fati and how you, you have to, you know, love fate. Sometimes fate just sucks and there's nothing you can do to get away from it. So it's hard to love those facts. It's hard to be excited about any of those things. So what is the way that that you have dealt with it overarching? And then we can talk about some other things, you know, a little bit deeper on it.
0: Well, i tell you what, I appreciate being on the show because uh, – you know, the stuff that we're covering now is not anything remotely close to what I covered to on Ocho Man Behind Eight Ball. So I'm, I'm kind of digging in on this one. Uh, you know, Jeff, it really reflects on uh, me being Armenian, I think. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, I was never there, uh, but you hear it and you hear it, you get taught it, you've seen it by the pictures and so forth about the Armenian genocide. And, you know, I think this becomes much more of an effective tool for you to deal with the everyday shit that happens to your life. I mean, okay, my parents, my dad died in 2002. My dad you know, I was, I was you know, your dad dies. That You lost that alpha male in your life, you know. And, uh, but... But the way my mom moved about it, she goes, i got to tell you, I, I got involved in horse racing, uh, owned some horses, and she said, son, go out and buy me racehorses. And that's how she dealt with death. She wasn't going to sit around. She wasn't going to s- say, oh, woe is me. My life is over. She said, go out and find me some race horses, and I want to I wanna get my mind off of it. And you're talking about a woman that every time she went home or every time she she was by herself she would uh, shed a tear for pop mm-hmm. but she knew to be strong for everyone around you have to be just moving on just moving forward and that's what the armenian culture is all about and it's kind of it's kind of weird when we talk about my show behind the eight ball i named it behind the eight ball because I've been behind eight ball, my culture has been behind eight ball, and uh, you know we've been, we fought our way from a genocide. We my grandparents from their grandparents. I mean, they they seen atrocities. So death to us is, you know, thank God we lived together. Is so, that uh, that's our thing? Uh, we we li- we enjoyed each other but now you had to move on. And and you know what faith does play a role because if we don't have that faith, that belief that hey, those two are now together up wherever in the spiritual realm, I think we've lost out. We we've lost out. There's an emptiness there. There's just a hollow looking at a wall or something and saying, "Oh, now they're gone." That's why I just never understand the Atheist people, I I really don't, because you need some sort of spiritual realm. And spiritual realm, I'm looking at caveman time. I mean, they were worshiping bones. They were worshiping air. They were worshiping fire. Something magnituded towards worship. Something was out there.
1: Well, so here's my question, because I think that's an interesting – it's obviously an interesting take from a cultural standpoint, because the – the, the question that comes to me when the, when we first had this conversation, which is the reason I wanted you to come on, is are certain cultures more – do they are – they, are they more equipped, better equipped to deal with grief and loss? For example, is, is the Jewish culture better equipped to deal with it and the Armenian culture better equipped to deal with it and the Irish culture better equipped to deal with it because time and time again in their history, they've been attacked – They've been, you know, tried to whether whether it's the whether it's the Holocaust, try to wipe wipe them off the face of the earth. Whether it's the, 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 the genocide. No. So, and just for historical uh, perspective, the genocide that Jano's speaking about was in April of 1915, 1924. Um, no, uh, April 24th. 24. Yeah, um, and it was over a 24 48 hour period where it's estimated that over a million Armenians were killed uh, by Turkish troops um, in uh, in that time frame. And obviously that wasn't in war that was in a that was in a um, a very, very systematic um, murder of of that many people and so that's what John was talking about when he talks about the genocide, which has been recognized by some countries and not recognized by others, which is a sore spot. We won't get into that right now because I can see your blood boiling a little bit um, but some countries recognize it other countries don't and so here's the question is it you know there's the old term an Irish wake right? so somebody dies in 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 the irish culture and an irish wake is literally having a party in their honor and really celebrating their life to me that's always seemed like the right way to go about it because being sad at the at, at the end of the day is selfish it's it's you're being sad for you that person has just you know they've lived their life they've they've gone through their entire life and so is are are cultures like Armenian culture, like Jewish culture, like like uh, Irish culture, are they better able to, to, to deal with growing up? Are you better able to deal with this kind of thing growing up in that?
0: It's an interesting question, but it, it really reflects on the culture. And uh, you, you mentioned that the Armenians and the Jews, I mean, how – how how would you have? It's it's like a baseball glove that's been worn down by catch, catching the ball. I mean, you've got a glove that that's gonna give every time now. Whenever a ball is uh, thrown at it, but I think the American culture is if anyone like let's go back to nine eleven nine eleven. We had the towers and uh, and when. All those people died. Uh, you've seen people jump and so forth. You've seen what Ameri- how America reacted. We're not going to tolerate this. This and you've seen uh, you seen a country get together. You've seen the people uh, that said enough's enough. Let's go. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter who the hell they attacked because they attacked the wrong guy. But uh, the whole <laughs> whole perspective is. We went. We put the war paint on, and we went out there. Now Armenians. Now Armenians. If that would have happened, God forbid that would have happened, because something like that did happen with an earthquake in Armenia that took about fifty to two hundred thousand people. And uh, why I say a range like that? They still haven't recovered bodies. So, mm-hmm. in any case, uh, when stuff like that happened in Armenian culture, it's like let's reflect. Let's get our shit together here. Let's know what we're doing. But um, America is just based on reaction, reaction. and uh, It stems from even the everyday life for America. I mean, uh, y- you wait at a, a fast food line for more than five minutes. You're pissed off. You want that thing to move, move. Uh, that's why I'm in the drive-thru, honey. Give, <laughs> give it to me. i got to get out of here. But that that's what our cultures are all about. One reflects... And the other one reacts. And that's what we have right now with these two different. The Jews and the Armenians are much more of a country, uh, much more of a uh, culture. culture. It, in, uh, we reflect on our past, and we know what had happened to us, and we respect it a lot more. And it's hard for us to smile and laugh because uh, some of these people did not have all the uh, good life that that Irish party is going to have. If we did, I I guarantee you that Jew uh, rabbi would be jumping and and that Armenian priest would be jumping up and down, too. But that's just not us. We haven't seen
1: that type of glorious life. So it's perspective at the end of the day. It's perspective on your culture, your cultural history, and all of those things. How do you—you have two daughters— Right. how do you how do you pass that on to your kids your wife is Armenian as well right. so your wife's going through a tough time right now as well so two really two questions here how do you pass on that perspective because that's what it is which is the Armenian history and what the what you've gone through how do you pass on how how do you pass that down to your kids and secondly how do you directly deal with your wife's cancer with your kids who by the way are at very interesting ages your daughter is your older daughter's 14 your youngest daughter is five, right, correct? Right. So, so how do you? I breed every ten years. Yeah, <laughs> very Armenian. Yeah. Um, so, how do you deal with both teaching them a perspective, and then and then subsequently, once they, if if you think you've been successful in teaching them the perspective, how do you then deal directly with? And maybe we'll come back to that later. But directly with the question of mom has cancer, what what? What kind of you know? What kind of things do you talk about with your kids?
0: Well, the first part uh, on how do I get my kids to understand and reflect the past? I think I think it's more or less the kids that enrench it. I mean, they it, they they take it, they suck it in to their mind and their heart. That what went a hundred years ago was a was a time and what was a period in the Armenian history that's a chapter in black and and once they reflect that once they bring that in them I think I think the way I was taught you know what death of your mom death of your dad they still lived a good life they lived a great life I you know my dad died but then when my mom died my mom uh, passed away uh, in St. Louis, but my mom was on a cruise ship. She was on a cruise ship in Italy. Her heart blows. Her heart just literally blows up. And uh, I take a flight to Italy. I see my mom all in uh, all in hoses and stuff. You know, I don't know all that medical bullshit, but I, she was all laid out. And the first thing I tell my mom, I grabbed her hand. I said, go to dad. Go to dad. And I seen her cry, man. I mean, you're seeing. And I'm not the cold-blooded person that you might think out there if anyone's saying, you can't be like that. No, you can because you know what? That person is now waiting. There's someone waiting for that person. That's my faith. That's my belief. And you got to have that you know if you don't have that then shit who who would want their mom to die right there at some uh, hospital in Italy that you don't even know but no it's true you know that that's the that's the thing that enriches the Armenian and as for my kids I hope that they go to stage one that I just told you about understand our culture when you understand their culture then you know what you you and it's not like embracing death I'm not saying that but I am definitely saying you respect it but enjoy your life with your family. Enjoy everything about it. Don't don't ever you know what? Don't ever fucking blow it off. Enjoy everything about your family. Uh, when your kids want to do something, go out there and do it. I mean, it,
1: cowboy season's over, guys. You can go out there and enjoy life. I mean, well, it's like a lot of the Steve Jobs quotes that you hear, right? Of the and, and so many in, in in history of really, you only get one shot at this. I think I, I I think it really does go back to the perspective of a culture when a culture has suffered as much as the Armenians have, or the Jewish culture has, or the Irish culture. And you can name, by the way, I'm not just picking out those three. There are 25 sure. more cultures on this planet, if not more, who have undergone you know uh, awful awful events or gone through awful events. And so I do think it's that it's that perspective. But here's what's interesting because, as you know, I'm really fascinated with sort of living philosophy and trying to – and you mentioned earlier about faith and everything else. And so what I really want to try to look through and, – and there's no greater test of philosophical belief or faith or both than death or some other tra- tragedy – that makes you really look everything right in the eye and say w- why a why am i here b do I, what do i really believe what 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 makes me uh, either get up in the morning or feel comfortable going to bed at night or you know living in in that time in between and and so when we had the conversation off the podcast which which was which spurred us to have this conversation it's just really interesting to me because it had never occurred to me before that that certain people may be culturally predisposed to be able to deal with grief better than other cultures and to hear you talk because we went through it we've been friends since we were kids we went through it when your when your when your dad died we went through it when your mom died we're going through it right now with with your wife going through through cancer and so it it really is interesting interesting to me uh, when you talk about the faith, because while you say that you know I don't know how atheists do it, I think the real truth is that everybody believes in something, and it may they may call it something different than what you call it. They may they may not call it God. They may say it's self. They may say it's some philosophical belief. They may say that it's you know, <laughs> to your point about Neanderthals, that it's a rock or whatever. But but somebody believes in something at the very at the very core. If they don't, then I don't know I don't know where they go.
0: Here's my question to you though.
1: Yeah. I, I,
0: now I'm I'm gonna put you behind the eight ball on this one. Um, why is it though? Even throughout caveman time, throughout caveman time, we have believed and we have prayed and we have had that spiritual realm. I I really think this is not coincidence. I really believe that this is something that w- was, like, put onto us to where I want you out. And now, the, here I am talking like God. I want you <laughs> to believe in something. Believe in it. Believe in it. Because I, you know what? You could believe in Hinduism. You could be, believe in uh, or Islam. You could believe in Christian. You could believe, I'm and I'm, you know... Whatever you believe, Judaism, whatever it is, the point is that you're believing in something, and and that's medi- meditational. I, I really think that w- when I have a problem, man, I, I mean, shit, I sit there and I, I, you know, I think of God. I think, God, what 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 can I do? What can how can I do? It? And I get an answer in my head, and that that thing is just my meditation i know it's not uh god maybe it is who the hell knows but you know i just feel much more at ease with myself that i have the spiritual realm in me and mind you it's a meditation part you you're a big advocate of just kicking back and doing some meditation on your own i mean this is stuff that you like to do and what is it that puts you over the top when you're in that mode
1: no i think i think anytime you look inward you're you're going to find something. You can call it whatever you want, whatever really makes you comfortable. And I don't I don't say that like oh you can call it God if you want, as though there is no God. I don't have any idea. I there there very well maybe there may I, I don't know. What I do know is that what we have found as a species from those times that you referenced in, in you know, prehistoric times to today is anything that we can't explain we we tend to we tend to to deify and um, and so for meditation in particular, I agree with you. Th- there's nothing better for for me, my my mental health, my mental state, my ability to solve problems, my ability to get through things than to sit and meditate and just be completely cut off from everything including my own thoughts in a lot of ways. And so I don't, I don't know what that is. That's, I mean, that's, By the way, th- that's the, the, the overarching, overarching question that every, everybody who's ever thought about philosophy or thought about religion comes to. And I really believe, you know, there's this back in, you know, before the Renaissance, and everything else, the great schism between, between religion and philosophy and, you know, never the twain shall meet. At the end of the day, I think in so many ways, they're the same thing. In you know, in certain elements, right? They're the same thing. It's everybody searching for, you know, why the hell am I here, and what am I supposed to do? Why I'm he- while I'm here, and so, um, so I don't know the answer to your question. I'm, I'll stay behind the eight ball. I can't get out from behind. I have no idea.
0: I ga- I got to tell you this, man. If a religion person, a spiritual person, has the answer, then he's not. He's not. I I don't think he's spiritual. I don't think you know anything that is out there. I really don't. I really feel that even in the spiritual realm here, God, I think whatever whatever he's got going, it's him. It's him, and he's the only one. And I hate seeing these guys on TV, like the Falwells and the Bakers and all these crazy fucking idiots that come out and say... Well they come on and say this is what God wants you to do. Yeah. Well, how do you know what God wants you to do? Because yeah. you know what? God's talked to me in a different way. God's never told me that to, uh, you got to kill a homosexual uh, or they they must die or something <laughs> like that. Well, I mean, honestly, am I right? Why no. why are, I mean, why, are people, why are gay people? Why are gay people? ostracized by the church. Doesn't God, isn't God a loving God? According to the Bible, the God's a loving God.
1: Yeah, I mean, on I, all those issues. I, 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 I
0: mean, they convert things, they, they change things around, and that's what you have right now in ISIS, in the Middle East. They, uh, Islam people are saying, this is not even a religion. But ISIS is saying, this is how it's done. Let's behead, let's stone, let's throw a gay man off a of 20, 20 what? Two hundred foot, uh, mile, whatever. I'm just saying that you're seeing all the shit,
1: and it's driving me crazy. You know? well, I mean it is. It, it, there's no doubt. Look, you people, got me all pissed off now. See, sorry about that, Oach. So the the you know just to calm you down a little bit, please do. We're going to calm you down. Why don't we go to uh, let's taste this whiskey? You, you've been tasting the whiskey. Let's let's taste and report on the whiskey. So, yeah. just as a reminder, what we are drinking today is Baker Seven Year Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey. It's made by Baker Beam at the Beam Distillery. It is. Um, Did you tell them that this is a hundred and seven proof? I didn't. That's would you would big. you tell would you
0: tell them? It's a hundred and seven proof, guys. I mean, normally you see seventy. This is a hundred and seven, and it tastes really damn good.
1: It is. It you know the it, it does taste uh, damn good. In fact, you need you need a little refill here. Yeah. Folks, let me get you a little bit. I even heard that on the air.
0: Listen to that. That's beautiful. Well,
1: you know, as James Joyce said, Ocho, man, the light music of whiskey falling into a glass, an agreeable interlude, which is exactly what it is. We're on our nice, agreeable interlude. So cheers to you. All right, brother. Taste taste the baker's seven-year.
0: I don't think they'd have the show on a triple, on Mm an alcohol anonymous show, with it?
1: I don't think they would. I no. don't think they would. Boy, that's good.
0: That really is. It has that it has that charcoal type of um uh, not charcoal, not that I eat charcoal or drink charcoal, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 uh it is a it's peppery. I'm you know, we we need by the way, we should say this because here here is I did get one email from somebody this week who was very very upset with me for my awful reporting on whiskey tasting here's the deal with this podcast I really like whiskey I love drinking it my friend John o likes drinking it as well we are not professional tasters I will tell you what I taste if I just go mmm that means I just really like it and yeah. I can't explain it yeah. so what I taste on this by the way just so we can give the sort of the whiskey snobs something to to go on what do you taste what's what's on your palate John
0: well, I tell you what, Jeff. This has really been damn good. Uh, I feel it going down really smooth. That's a big plus. Mm-hmm. That's a big plus because I do not want that heartburn type of whiskey that I feel on the after effect. I'm, I, you know, the the kind of whiskey that the Saint Bernard carries out in the snow. You know, I'm not talking
1: about that. This is really smooth. What was what was when <laughs> This is going back a few years, but when when. So John and I grew up in in a, in a place called Granite City, Illinois, and we during during college at one point we went into some bar which was a really really rough place. Which there's not many places in Grant that aren't really rough, but it was I'm a really still rough in the place. same mode. I still don't know which one you're talking about. So yeah, exactly, yeah, there's 50 really rough yeah. bars, but we had we, oh, was we had that a, Mohawk Mohawk. We, we, so we walked into this bar and a guy says to us, "You know, you boys can't even sit down unless you have some Mohawk or something like that." And we're like. Mohawk, what the hell is this? And so he sends it down. I, it looked to me to be on fire when he handed it to me. Then we drank it, and, I mean, I have never had anything so awful in When my was
0: that? When was that? About well, how many years ago? Would you say maybe uh, uh, 25 years 25 ago? 25 years ago, yeah, totally. 25, no, 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 no. About 26, 27. Yeah. Total. I mean, I, yeah. if we're being no, right we're being on honest. target there. Yeah. And, uh, and I tell you what, man, I still, I just
1: now got off therapy on that goddamn oh. Mohawk because I, that was unbelievable shit. I mean, it was, I, it, again, it had to be some sort of grain alcohol, but it was whiskey. It was not, it wasn't a clear grain alcohol, but it was the worst thing. I mean, so anyway, let's go back to the Bakers because I'm having, I'm, I'm having a little bit of PTSD on from the Mohawk. Um, so for for those of you who who make Mohawk our apologies yeah, hopefully it's gotten better over the, yeah yeah we're not we're I hope you're still out of. there.
0: <laughs> I'd like to find you. And the 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 crazy thing about that was we kept coming back for it. Oh
1: god. Yeah, should tell us something to tell you all something about our mentality. But anyway, it was uh Mohawk was rough. So but the bakers is really really good. It's got it's it's a little peppery. I'm normally not a not a peppery uh you know sort of Spicy uh, uh, whiskey guy. This is not spicy. It's a little bit peppery, but it's very, very smooth. It's
0: got some sweetness to
1: it, it too. Does, At the it very does. end, it's got a little sweetness to it. That's really unique about it. It's really good. It's really yeah. good. You know, this will. This is a good lead-in uh, talking about Mohawk because I got a, a great email. But by the way, I got a bunch of emails from you guys. Thank you again. Um, and here's what's shocking, because as I said a couple a couple weeks ago on the Mexico podcast. Uh, that 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 we did that Chris and I did when we were down in Mexico City um, you know when I started doing this I just did it really for fun because I like whiskey and it's a, it's really an excuse to taste a new whiskey every week and sit and talk to friends and go through things, particularly if you can pass on some life lessons. But I never had any idea that that anybody else would listen to this other than, you know, maybe you, I knew Chris would, maybe Chris's family because I go, hey, my you know, Chris is a producer on this thing and whatever. And then my mom, right? I haven't so, listened to it yet. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. You, might, you might listen to this one. That's why we ditched episode one, you asshole. <laughs> um, so anyway, the... Uh, but but then this week it was like a breakthrough. Maybe it was because I skipped a week and people thought I was that I you know passed on or something. But um, but I got a I got a bunch of emails from people, which is really interesting. Shoot them up, babe. And 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 I have to thank. F- f- so for a lot of you, and I got them from all over the place. I got them from. I got an email from Hawaii. I got an email from Texas. I got an email from Oklahoma. Got an email from from uh, Florida. You know, all over the place. Um, but i had to I had to put this guy's email on a because uh he asked a couple of really good questions which one of which we talked about a little bit uh here on accident uh and b because I loved his name Rocco Lansfield from Princeton, New Jersey. Anybody named Rocco that's a cool name your name's Jono? that's that's badass enough Rocco yeah. like you're the shit the minute you get named Rocco you're oh, yeah, in yeah
0: yeah yeah. Yeah, anyway. that, that's definitely a kick-ass name.
1: Rocco, we love your name. Thank you for, for, the, uh, for the email. Uh, Rocco says, Dear Whiskey Philosopher, I love the podcast so far. Thanks, Rocco. Uh, the Alien episode was a little bizarre, but I stuck with it. Again, thanks, Rocco. You and my mom were the only ones that listened all the way through. Um, maybe Tony's mom. Um, I have two questions for you, says Rocco. One, what do you think of the new flavored whiskeys, fire, honey, etc." So let's talk about that, and we'll go to question two. Do, do you like, like, Jack Daniel's fire, Jack Daniel's honey? Jim Beam's got a – I don't know what their fire's called. I think they the honey – I'm not a fan of it. Really? I'm not a fan of it. I, I think everything should be in
0: tradition. I, you're, you're talking to a guy that goes to Buffalo Wild Wing, and they give you 20 different type of uh, wings, and I just like my hot wings. You that's just what, hot wings. Hot wings, and that's, yeah. uh, that's what – I think that's what whiskey is. So it's Tradition.
1: I'm generally with you. How I'm not a fire guy. I don't like the fire. The, no the me Like the, the, for me, that's that's yeah. almost like something. It's a it's a drink you have to drink as a penalty for something that you did. You know, like right. you lose a bet or something. <laughs> yeah. You got to drink. Fire. <laughs> the, the, but, that's a but, great call. But the Jack Daniel's honey. I will say this with with a cigar, and I'm not a big flavor. I, I never. I don't like vodka anyway. But but You know the flavored vodkas. I was never a big fan. All those things. When I, when I, somebody gave me a bottle of Jack Daniels honey and I thought, ugh, God, Jesus, I'll just drink the Jack Daniels regular. You
0: tried to give that to me at one time. I
1: probably did, but then I took it home and I had it with a cigar. Shockingly good. Now, you can't have it with, with, you know, like a little, it's got to be a big, hefty, strong cigar because this, it's so sweet. The Jack Daniels honey is so sweet. It's like a dessert drink almost. And so. You, know, you have to have it with a big scar. but it was really, really good. In that, I, I couldn't drink more than one or two just because it's very sweet. What about so, your heartburn? Any heartburn? No, not? nothing, nothing. It was good. Oh, no yeah, it was all good. So, Rocco, we, we've got we've got a uh, split a uni- decision on this one. Yeah, split decision. I, I would say if you know if you get a chance, at Jack Daniel's honey, it's good stuff. In my opinion, uh, the rest of it I could do without, and and only I would only drink Jack Daniel's honey if I was smoking a cigar or doing something like okay, that. Okay,
0: then so. you're realistically on my side. On for sure. Tra- yeah, yeah. Traditional. Yeah. Ninety
1: yeah. yeah. ten. 90 times. Yeah, I'm 10% on my side. All right, right, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. So then Rocco's second question is, on the philosophy side, how do you reconcile philosophy and religion? I'm a believer, and that he put that in quotes. I'm a quote-unquote believer. I'm assuming he means in God and religion. Uh, and yet interested in philosophy, particularly stoicism like you. Thanks and keep up the good work. Cheers, Rocco very very cool uh, good question. We talked about that a little bit uh, a few minutes ago rocco um, you know it 's interesting back in the uh, in what I talked about when when you know religion and philosophy were sort of really at odds, and the church was very aggressive against the Christian church the central Christian church um, very very aggressive against uh, against philosophy. this is actually post the split so as an eastern orthodox Rome- or, you know uh, Armenian right. Orthodox uh, uh church that, that you're in. This is post that split, so we're talking we're basically talking about Rome here in the Roman Catholic Church was very, very actively against um philosophy and any any you know, groups of philosophers. They went after them, they excommunicated them, they tried to you know, do all the nasty shit the church was good at back in those days. And but what they did is they eventually came up with this um this combination I'm trying to think of what it was um, anyway I can't my my, my my religious history is not the greatest however they came up with a with a, uh, a a combination what they thought was this combination theory between Christianity and some of the some of the phil- philosophical groups natural uh, natural theology is what they called it and it was it was sort of a combo group so Rocco to answer your question I think that there have been attempts now, for thousands of years, to reconcile philosophy and religion for me personally i just I just like to think that whoever you talk to whoever you you know you you, you think that you 're focusing on when you meditate or you pray to or whatever it is, I like to think that it 's all generally the same power whether that 's a greater being whether that's the whether that 's quantum physics or whether that 's anything in between. Or maybe they're the both they're, they're both the same thing. Um, that's how I sort of reconcile it. I don't have any complicated um, view on it. I, I think that your that they that they both each of them shape the other one. I think that that your philosophy and the way you live your life shapes how you view religion and vice versa. That's my uh, answer. I, I definitely think
0: that philosophy plays a big role in the religion, though. I mean, the philosophy is always asking the question. And religion has always supposed to have the answer mm-hmm. but in my realm and going back to going back to what you' you just said the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church, they both excommunicated each other so according to both religions here, one's not going to heaven it's it's all bullshit it really is uh, I mean it's it's something that you should have inside your heart whatever I, like I said when my mom and dad died, and when my wife's going through all this, uh, and and we're gonna make it. It's not a we fathered off. I, it, it, but the whole premises is you gotta you gotta be strong inside. And you see your kids walking by you, you know what? Smile for them. Smile for them because you know what? They don't want to see you down. They they want to see you up. And that's what that's what that's that's the roots of your family, man. Those those kids. Those kids are everything.
1: No, there's no doubt about it, and that's what I was actually trying to. Because uh, we, again, we'd had part of this conversation before, and that's what I was trying to get you to earlier when I was talking about how you deal with your kids. Because I think that going through these things, you know, there's that fine line between very, very being very, very honest with your kids and under, and having them understand life, and uh, and yet being very optimistic with them so that so that life doesn't seem like this awful you know thing to have to endure.
0: I, I got a quick one here. My 5-year-old asked, "Hey dad, what happened to my other grandma?" My grandma's here now from Armenia. What where's
1: my other grandma? Your mommy. Your 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 wife's mother was in town yeah. and she was asking about your mom.
0: And I said, you know how I answered it? I said, "She's with the grandpa right now. She they're both having a good time there in heaven." And the way I the way I told her was, she came back to me and said, "Daddy, I want to go to heaven." And I go, "Not yet. Heaven's special because after when when we just leave this place and uh, go to heaven, I mean, we're leaving for good. So <laughs> you don't want You don't you don't want to go trip. yet. You want to enjoy life. Exactly. One way trip. But that, that's how, that's how you correlate it, though. It's got oh, to be happiness. No, it's, you, it's, you have it to. can't be. So I. Kind of that Irish thing. I kind of buy into it. So
1: no, I agree completely. I think it's. I think it's very, very important. Um, so I got. I got another email here. Let me pull this out of here and I'll read. I'm trying to. I'll just pick one out randomly. Uh, Dear whiskey philosopher. Oh, I'm sorry. This is from Bill from Illinois. Dear whiskey philosopher is a guy who has shared whiskeys with you on and off the air. Oh, hey, thanks, Bill. I I don't know Bill. I don't think from Illinois, but maybe I do. Sorry, I know. Maybe I know it, Bill. I want to. Th- I want to say that your best guest ever is the Ocho Man. Hey, look at you! Oh shit! He, is, he said that. He is obviously the best. Sincerely, John. Oh, that's... Wait a second. Well, that, you know what? I, I think this has got to be your best email for sure. Sincerely, John. But it's from Bill from Illinois.
0: Hey, that could you send
1: me an email, Chris? You fucker! You were supposed to. This is not wait. even funny. So you you snuck an email into I mean, my it thing. It could have happened. It could have been Bill. He just wants to go by John. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Billy Joe, Billy John.
1: Oh Jesus! All
0: right, it, it could have happened. it. As, was, all right, that was me. As Bill, that Burr. was me. <laughs> a, he got rid of episode one. I want back on the show.
1: I love the show. Oh, as Bill oh. Burr, as Bill Burr would say, Oh Jesus! All right, so you got me. Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go to one last email. <laughs> <There you> go <laughs> yeah, go. It was It was good work. By, by the way, that's great that we're, we're having this nice conversation about about. How you deal with good things, and then you're going to go screw me up with putting an email in here. I want to be
0: on your show, for love of God. You're on, you're on,
1: you're on. I might, after that stuff, I might pull you again. But regardless, so the next email is Janet from Tampa, Florida. Uh, Hopefully this this one isn't signed, John. Uh, She just says, Dear Whiskey, um, as though I don't have a last name. Uh, Dear Whiskey, which is great. When somebody just calls you Whiskey, that's, that's tight. That is tight. Yeah. That's a cool name, Whiskey. Yeah. You've reached the pinnacle. Exactly. Dear Whiskey, uh, I love your podcast. Thank you, Janet.
0: I once bet on a horse named Whiskey. <laughs> yeah.
1: Go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for the interesting topics. Thanks, Janet. Quick question. Do you meditate regularly? You brought the, We're hitting everything Boom. here. Do you meditate regularly? I've heard you mention it in passing. We mention a little bit more than passing in this episode. Um, and I would love to hear a whole show on it. Thanks. Keep it going. Cheers, Janet. Everybody's everybody's doing the cheers thing because I I said cheers when I log off. I'm going to say it's it again. A great call. Anyway, cheers, Janet. Um, Janet, I do meditate. I try to meditate every single day. I think it's really important to understand in meditation. Uh, again, I'm no expert. I'm a I'm a amateur meditator, but I think it's very very important to understand that there is no way to fail at meditation. Nobody's good or bad at meditation. if you take the time on a regular basis to do it five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, two hours a day, whatever whatever feels best for you, and you do your best to empty your mind, but you don't stress about emptying your mind because the last thing you should do is stress about meditation that should be a stress reliever. So you just go in, you try to empty your mind, you do your best thing, and and if you can meditate five minutes a day, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Obviously, in the news over the past couple of years, there's been, you know, study after study after study after study after study has shown that meditation helps your brain function, helps stress levels, helps all these other things, helps you sleep better, help, you know, overall health goes through the roof when you meditate. But I also believe that... In the meditation craze, and I you know, I don't mean to sound like, well, I was meditating 20 years ago and nobody else is doing it. However, I hear a lot of people talk about meditation these days, and a lot of people are meditation experts, and a lot of people are trying to sell a lot of shit about meditation. And the truth is, it's you and your thoughts. You try to clear your mind. You try to breathe deeply. You do it for however much you can do it for, and you don't stress about it. I got a question for you. Yeah. What is this
0: meditation with self hypnosis is is it ha- does it have
1: any relation towards one another it's it's sort of it, it's it's it goes to my point about sort of selling snake oil right meditation in and of itself is a little bit of self hypnosis you don't need somebody to hypnotize you to meditate um all you need to do and there are different types of meditation but in my opinion the best kind for those who are going to do it by themselves. They're not being taught by some uh, teacher or master or whatever. They're going to they're going to sit down and try to meditate because of all the health benefits. The key is take a take a, uh, a, a particular time period: five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, whatever it might be. Do it at the same time every day, um, and make it a priority to just sit and go through your own routine do your breathing do whatever it might be try to clear your mind you it will not work you will be awful at it for an extended period of time three months six months nine months don't quit and don't stress about being awful at it just keep going bit by bit you get better because it's just natural you're practicing a little bit but you shouldn't try to get meditation quote unquote right there is no right or wrong way if you're spending that time on an everyday basis, you're doing it right. Don't stress about it. You know, if you want to do some guided meditations, I think those are fine. You can do it. But by and large, it's sitting and being quiet with yourself. That's what meditation is. So uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get, get too long. Did that answer your question, by the way, about self-hypnosis?
0: Sorry. A little bit, pal, but uh, you, you kind of threw me off there.
1: So what did, what did you want to know?
0: I want to know the self-hypnosis uh, the people say that uh, is it any uh, relation with the meditation though
1: it, that, that's what meditation at the end of the day is is yeah that's okay. what it is so it's right. the it's the same thing because in in my opinion there is no real such thing as self hypnosis because
0: i tell you what yeah i've i've had that audio stuff on uh kicking back trying to get my mind off betting and all that shit for just one hour mm-hmm. and I, I tell you it it kind of put me in a perspective where i'm running through a fields and well, me running through the fields, I, I about had a heart attack running through the fields in my mind. But uh, you know what? Just checking out the the glazers and all that shit, you know, I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. And you're so right about that, man, because if five minutes, you think you're out five minutes. Bullshit. I was out for tw- <coughs> 25 minutes. Yeah. 25 minutes, I was really enjoying it.
1: Hey, So boom. No, it's good. It really is helpful. So – um Anyway, folks, keep the emails coming. Thank you again. God, it was great. I mean, I love getting those things. It's really sort of fun to to read what everybody says, even when you're cracking on me, which is even, even more fun, to be honest with you. Um, but anyway, if thanks for thanks again for listening. Uh, go to the iTunes podcast store or download the Stitcher app on Android, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Please do me a huge favor. Share this on social media. Ask other people to listen. Um, It's greatly appreciated. It will show up on your phone every week if you you subscribe. And um, if you have any questions, any comments, any complaints, Anything that you would love to hear us comment, anything you want us to not talk about anymore, any of those things, uh, leave those under the comment section on the iTunes Store um, or within Stitcher. You can only do that on your on your computer. Uh, also, please go to the website at the dot com, not just Whiskey whiskeyphilosopher the whiskeyphilosopher Email me at jeff at the dot Uh, We will be back next week with a new episode. I will not get caught up and miss two weeks in a row again, and I apologize for that for this week. We really appreciate you listening, and until then, cheers. Hey, it's been fun. Appreciate it, Ocho Man. Thanks, everybody. Cheers.
0: You're listening to The Whiskey Philosopher with Jeff Cooper on the Ignotainment Media Network. Visit
1: us at www.ignotainment.com.